I'm looking forward to sharing with you in the next uh, about 12 weeks, I think. But I want to start with a quiz. So this is a quiz where I'm going to show you photos of cities and see if you can identify uh, which city it is. So how about this uh, first one? Anyone identify that city? Not straight away. It's, it's in Africa. It's in North Africa. It's a big city. It's on a big river. Cairo. That's Cairo. Okay, well, how about the next one? This one's probably the hardest one. Anyone identify that? They get, they get easier. Okay, these first ones are hard. That's India. It's Varanasi. Oh, someone got that? Yep. How about this one? Some people would know that one. It's in China. Shanghai. Okay. Uh, how about the next one? That's Rome. Yeah. Uh, next one. Looks similar. Not that far away. Paris. Uh, how about this one? Not Chicago. Not too far away from Chicago. A bit east of Chicago. New York. Yep. Uh, this one? London. And last but not least, that's our very own Perth. Now, let me ask you, anyone get, them all, anyone get one right? Two? Three? Four? Five? Six? Seven, eight, nine? There was only eight, so you couldn't have gotten that anyway. Okay, cities all over the world. People travel. People have great experiences. There's also different cultural things we can go to. Fantastic. Did you notice something about each of those cities? Water. Okay, or oh, skyscrapers as well. They're all built on rivers. Interesting. In fact, most major cities are built on a river. You go around Australia and look at all the capitals, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Canberra, even, Darwin, all built on rivers. Most cities in the world are built on rivers. Why do they do that? Fresh water, navigation, fish, all sorts of positive reasons why a city is built on a river. There's lots of benefits. Let me put up another city that you might be familiar with. Anyone recognise that city? Okay, Jerusalem, the capital of ancient Israel, the place in the Old Testament. God would said, I'm going to put my name there. I'm going to have the temple there. Variously referred to as uh, Zion, the place of my dwelling, sometimes just the city of God. It becomes the centre of God's work in Israel. And through that, there's all these prophetic promises from this city, Jerusalem. What's different about Jerusalem and all the other cities we looked at? There is no river in Jerusalem. Actually, when it rains in the wintertime, there is kind of like a couple of streams that go for a little while and then they're gone. Nothing, though, that you could consider as a river in Jerusalem. That makes Jerusalem different than many cities. It's in the mountains. It's a pretty dry place, quite different than all the other cities we had. And it also makes Psalm 46 a really strange psalm. Let's have a look at uh, the first verses of Psalm 46. God is a refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. So after all we've said about Jerusalem being unlike other cities and there not being a river there, the psalmist says there is a river 
whose streams make glad the city of God. There is no river in Jerusalem, and yet the psalmist says there is a river. So imagine you're in the old time of the Old Testament. Maybe you don't live in Jerusalem. Maybe you live somewhere else. You're Jewish. You're planning a trip to Jerusalem, this great city. You've read about the temple. You've heard people tell stories about the festivals and all that stuff. You've read Psalm 46 about the river that makes glad the city of God. So you get ready to go to Jerusalem. You pack your things and you pack your swimmers. It's a hot place and you want to go for a swim when you get there because you've heard about this river. You get there. It's hot. You put on your swimmers, you go down the street and you say to someone, where's the river? And they say, what are you talking about? This is not, there's no river here. Uh, There's no swing there. But the psalm says there is a river. So you're disappointed you can't go for a swim. And you're faced with this contradiction. Why does it say there is a river if there is no river? Let's read on in the psalm. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There is no river. But we are told there is a river. The river that makes glad the city of God is not a physical river that you can see. It's actually a spiritual river that you have to search for. It's the presence of God in the city. That is the river that makes glad the city of God. But if you want to experience this river, you can't see it on the surface. You have to look deeper. You have to go underneath. One of the great tensions of the Christian life, and I'm sure you'll relate to this, uh, there's these promises of God, promises of abundance, promises of life, promises, you know, growth in character, bearing fruit, peace and joy and blessings, all these promises and these good things. But the reality is we don't always experience them. Maybe you do, but most people go through times where they do not. And if you have this absence of experience... We have struggles and fears and depressions and different problems. Life throws these things at us. So how do we reconcile this idea of all these promises and yet lack of experience? I think the river that's symbolized by this, you know, you go to Jerusalem, it's dry. There's not a lot of water around, but it says there's a river. Somewhere there's a river. The recon- reconciling those two things comes as you go below the city. You've got to go deeper if you want to find this river. So this is a photo from a cavern discovered underneath the city in 2012. So the news report says this, the team from Israel Railways chanced upon a cave while excavating a shaft close to the city's main convention centre and central bus station that is being drilled for an underground station that will serve the Jerusalem Tel Aviv Railway. They cut into the cave accidentally. The water started flowing into the shaft. One canyon was over 200 metres long, and we never reached its end. This is deep under the city. So on the surface, it's dry. But underneath, this is 75 metres down, there is water. And even deeper than that, there are sources of water. 
There are ancient wells and cisterns. Some are natural. Some have been dug by people. They're filled with water. The limestone is porous. When it rains, it seeps down and it can stay there for centuries. So in Jerusalem, if it's dry on the top, just go deeper. Dig down and you will find water somewhere below. Uh, Here's, again, another picture. Uh, Exploring another cavern beneath the city. Again, up above it's dry, but below there are networks, caves, caverns filled with water. They're always there. You just can't see them on the surface. In fact, this cave is actually part of a mountain aquifer right down the central range in Israel. There is uh, caverns uh, and the water goes in there running along the central mountain range. So even though things are dry on the surface, there's plenty of water underneath. And I think there's something about this that's a parallel with our spiritual lives. We experience dryness and barrenness. I think that's part of life. We all have that. When that happens, we have to go beneath. We have to go deeper. We have to press in and the river will be there. The water will be available. So back again to this scripture. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. When we plug into this reality, the idea that it can be dry on the surface, but there is water available underneath, I think we're plugging into a theme that runs right through the scriptures. So in the Old Testament, the presence of God is in the city. Uh, they had a protection that their enemies didn't know about. Not just the walls, but the presence of God. When David was in trouble, he would say, I'm going into the sanctuary. He would go into the presence of God and suddenly his enemies would diminish. They would, they would seem so much less than we had to go and face them. New Testament, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit being like streams of living water that will flow from within you. And it was a common thing in the Old Testament for God to be spoken of as hiding himself. Several scriptures refer to this. God, First of all, he hides himself from those who are sinful. He says, I'm not going to listen to your prayers. People say, God always hears your prayers. Not always. <laughs> not if your attitude's not right. Uh, and, but not only that, God sometimes hides himself from even the righteous. It's not that God doesn't want to be found. It's like hide and seek. God hides in order that we might seek. This is very much a dynamic in the Old Testament. God reveals himself to some degree. It's like God God puts himself out there and says, here I am, I'm taking the initiative, I want to have a relationship with you. And up front, it's very easy to have that level of relationship. But if you want to go deeper, it's going to cost you everything. You're going to have to go down below the surface to find the depths of what God has for you. He holds back in order that we will seek him. He reveals his ways to those who will press in. In this psalm, it says at the end, be still and know that I am God. Let go of the noise. Let go of that stuff. I want you to come and be with me. Elsewhere, Job chapter 28, for example, it talks about mining. It talks about digging for, for gold and for gems underground, deep in the earth. They're not on the surface. They're, they're underneath. And the question is, where can wisdom be found? It's not found on the surface. You've got to go deep if you want to find it. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to 
uh, conceal a matter. God hides things. But it is the glory of kings to search it out. He, he wants us to, to seek and to search and to press in. God hides things from us, valuable things. He hides truth. Uh, he hides wisdom and even access to his presence, knowledge of his ways. But for those who want to seek, those who really want this, it's there below the surface for them. God places many things under the surface of life. If you want them, you have to go deeper. You have to dig. You have to press in. Some things are up front. The good news is up front, clear and accessible for anyone to respond. But if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to utilize your giftings and your personality to the full in God, you'll have to go deeper. If you want to experience God more intimately, God has designed it that we experience that when we press in. Only those who seek find, only those who knock, the door is open to, only those who ask receive. So one day, is there's a, if there's a desire in you for more, more of God's presence, more of being used by him in your life, wanting to commit yourself to serve him fully, everything that line in the song today really hit me. Um, I give my whole life to honour this love. I give my whole life to honour this love that's been given. To get that, we have to go beneath the surface. We have to excavate, go deeper in his word, go deeper in prayer. The river of God is not on the surface, it's under the surface, it's deeper. You might have to look outside the normal channels. Be still and know that I'm God. Let the noise go and be with God. I wonder what that will mean for you. Uh, do you have time when you are still and know that he is God? Do you have those times in your life? Are they carved out? Have you gone deeply to search out what is God? What does God's word say about things in this world? My life, family, whatever else. Are you looking to develop your gifts and skills to serve him? Are you thirsty to be intimate, to be close to God, to know him deeply? God wants us to be thirsty. He creates thirst in us because thirst gets us seeking for water. We want to drink. We want to know him more. He hides himself so that we will look for him and we will seek intently after him. Our thirst increases until we find him. The city may be dry up top, but underneath there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I wonder, can anyone identify this place? Some people in here would have been here many times. Anyone recognize that? It's Western Australia. With, it's, uh, it's a bit north of here, about 900 kilometres north. It's, not, it's um, not, not as far as Nanyatara, I don't think. It's Carnarvon. <laughs> That's the traffic bridge at Carnarvon across the bridge about 10 k's out of town. Pretty dry. It's actually a riverbed, right? But it's, it's just sand. A bit disappointing if you're looking for water and you come here and you come across this sand. It's a really hot place too. This is the river you've been looking for. On the surface, most of the time, it's just sand. It's dry. 
How could this river quench anyone's thirst? How could this river produce anything? But the Gascoigne River in Carnarvon, uh, most years, there's very little water that comes down the river. In 2013, there were no flows whatsoever. There was no water visible for the whole year, not a drop. Despite that, the agricultural yield of the Carnarvon area was over $80 million that year when there was no water on top of the river. All of that produce was irrigated from the water that was invisible, you couldn't see. How can you have intense productivity out of a very dry river? Now, the Gascoigne's the longest river in WA. In many ways, it's similar to the city of Jerusalem and to our relationship with God. You can't see the water on the surface, but it's there. In fact, there is a whole heap of water under the surface. The water flows below the ground. It flows through the sand. There are huge aquifers underneath the Gascoigne River storing water. Water is flowing. You only see it when the river floods. The rest of the time, dry sand. You can't see the river, but there is a river. In Jerusalem and Carnarvon, the water is found underneath. You have to look deeper. You have to dig And I think this is a key insight in understanding God and his ways. I think the theme runs all through the Bible. Many biblical characters experience an absence of God. They experience this hiddenness. They experience times of dryness. Despite the fact they have a relationship with God, despite the fact that God has given them promises, they're still experiencing difficult times. But they need to go deeper. And many did. They pressed in. They focused on God. They found God in a new way in the struggle that they went through. They discovered the river that flows underneath the surface. They found God's presence, his guidance, and his encouragement for them. We've all got challenges. You know, we could all list a number of things that we're challenged by. We all have enemies in some way. We all go through difficult circumstances, financial problems, etc., It'll happen to all of us in this world. Our way forward is not to escape those challenges. I don't think God always takes them away. Even when it's dry, might be dry as a bone. But in the midst of this, remember, God God is hidden somewhere. His treasures are found in secret places. Going deeper with God, even in the midst of your struggle, may mean you you have to press in. You have to look for God. Turn aside the distractions and the noise. Be still and know that he is God. Look for him even if you can't find him on the surface. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. But it's not accessed on the surface. We have to turn aside from the things on the surface, press in and go deeper. The presence of God, his personal help for us, his guidance for us, his support for us, It's always available, but it may not be on the surface. We may need to press in and go deeper. To seek, to call out. The psalm begins, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. God's always there. He's always ready to help. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. But it's may not be apparent. It may may have to be dug for. So 
Over the next 12 weeks, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. One of the images of the Holy Spirit is the river. To experience the Spirit is to drink of the life of God. The impact is described as rivers of living water coming out from our inner being. The Spirit comes to us and then comes out of us to bring a blessing to others. But not always easily understood, not always easily accessed. As we embark on this journey, I wonder, are you thirsty? Are you in a place where you're ready? You, th- you want to go beneath the surface. If God is there, if he has something for me, I want to seek for that. To press in, to dig. And I, in the next few months, I want to invite us uh, each time I'll have a message. And some of those times, I want to invite you to do something physical. Because, you know, we, sometimes we just work with ideas but it never becomes actualized. It never becomes physical. Something we do with our body is often help. It helps our memory. We embody our intention to follow. We're going to serve Jesus by actually doing things. We combine the intellectual with the emotional and the physical. So there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, but it's not a physical river. It's not on the surface. There's no river in Jerusalem. God's presence is there. His promises are there. And beyond Jerusalem is Jesus and the promise of God that he will come to all of us who trust in him to cause rivers of living water to flow from us to the world. Something happened to the disciples. Jesus promised. He said the Holy Spirit would come. When the Holy Spirit came, something happened to them and they were changed. I want more of that. I want more of what happened to them. The same can be true of us. Now, I said physicality. This this, this is very simple. As an indication, an embodiment, you want to look under the surface, you want to go deeper, you want to find that river. I wonder, would you stand with me as we pray? We want to go on a journey. Lord, we want more of you. We want to understand more of your ways. Those hidden things, maybe they're areas we haven't yet accessed you. Help us, Lord, go deeper. Let's pray. Lord, in all likelihood, there are areas of dryness in our lives, uh, in our family. There probably are areas of devastation for some of us. There are losses. There are things we've done that we regret. There are frustrations. Lord, you know the thirst that's in us. Lord, I pray that we might find a quenching of that thirst. We might find it in relationship. We might find it uh, in overcoming rejection. We might find it in finding new fulfillment in life. We might find it in the joy of using our gifts to serve others. Lord, take us beyond the surface of things. We want to go deeper. We want to know the treasures of wisdom that are held in the secret places. May we turn aside from the noise. May we be able to be still with you, to seek you, to know that you are God. Lord, increase our thirst. Make us thirsty for you. And may we drink from the river whose streams make glad the city of God. May we experience your presence and your power in new ways. 
Bring blessing, Lord, into the areas that at the moment are so difficult for us. May we experience and understand the Holy Spirit in fresh ways. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike.